Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 150 Praise the Lord. Praise God in her sanctuary. Praise her in her mighty firmament. Praise her for her mighty deeds. Praise her according to her surpassing greatness. Praise her with trumpet sound. Praise her with lute and harp. Praise her with tambourine and dance. Praise her with strings and pipe. Praise her with clanging cymbals. Praise her with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her animals. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servant girls. She calls from the highest places in the town. You that are simple, turn in here. To those without sense, she says, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Lay aside immaturity and live, and walk in the way of insight. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verses 9 through 18. Now after he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went out and told those who had been with him while they were mourning and weeping. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. After this, he appeared to another form, in another form to two of them, as they were walking in the country. And they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. Later, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were sitting at the table, and he upbraided them for their lack of faith and stubbornness, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the good news to the whole creation. The one who believes and is baptized will be saved, but the one who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. By using my name they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes in their hands, and if they drink any deadly thing it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Good morning, and welcome to the third Wednesday of Eastertide. This is Brother Logan Isaac, broadcasting from Laguna Beach, California. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 150, Proverbs 9, and Mark 16. And uh, I missed yesterday, as I'm on vacation, no childcare and it's a bittersweet reality. Um, I apologize for missing yesterday. I'm sure it won't be the last time before we return to Maryland. But um, uh, the proverb, which I usually hate because they're typically like one-liners, Proverbs 9 talks of wisdom or Sophia who's personified here. And we've read it before in the last several months, I just can't remember when. Um, and wisdom uh, doesn't 
wisdom doesn't reside at the top of an ivory tower, often uh, seclusion, uh, only accessible to those most willing to spend, you know, countless hours in books and things like that. Wisdom goes throughout the town, um, inviting people to feast at her table. Um, and she invites all those who are simple. Um, she invites everybody, uh, especially the simple, to lay aside a maturity and live and walk in the, in the way of insight. And um, I've been thinking lately about uh, the language I use and the, the kind of persona that um, I think that, that PewPewHQ embodies, which is, you know, something I, I call a high church low life, um, which is, you know, very liturgical, very um, interested in uh, the history and traditions of the church, but who doesn't, you know, and I don't um, really care about the whole, you know, genteel uh, Victorian era, you know, clutching your, per your pearls kind of mentality. Um, when I was in the military, the guys who refused to curse, or, you know, I, I wouldn't say refused, those who didn't curse, we knew it was deliberate because it, it you know, <laughs> comes so easily in the military. Um, in boot camp and then, you know, in your, once you make it to your own unit, like it's, it's brash, it's dirty. Um, it's usually kind of like this dark humor. Um, and you know, it's, you know, we, the, the phrase is cursing like a sailor because well, sailors and soldiers do it. And I think for many Christians that may come off as immaturity, um, and, I think that's a bit mixed up, um, in part because one of the things that the military, uh, my military experience has taught me, and I think it teaches others, is the pervasiveness, um, what Hannah Arendt would call the banality of evil, um, the routine nature of horrible shit that we do that we turn an eye away from um, and pretend it doesn't exist. And one of those things are, or one of the ways in which evil is kind of uh, understood is through obscenity. Um, and we even call these words that we use that we don't want to hear, we call them obscenities, we call them curse words, we call them swear words. Um, and none of those are actually historically uh, sensical. Like, you are not swearing when you use uh, a an unwelcome word. Um, it is not a curse. Uh, it's not saying, you know, it's not asking God to bring some punishment on somebody else. Um, and it might be obscene uh, insofar as it brings to mind things we wish uh, we would not have to see because obscenity is in the eye of the beholder, just as beauty is. And so I actually think it can be much more often a sign of immaturity when the important thing is the sound coming out of, out of our mouths and not the reality to which it points. What I mean by that is uh, this line that I came to by way of Derek Webb and, um, oh my goodness, Tony, Tony, oh my goodness, Red Letter Christians. And Lord, I can't remember Tony's last name right now. Um, but they each said, and I think it was Tony who said it first, um, 
he was speaking at some conference and he let the word shit drop. And within a moment's time, he referenced it saying, you know, and I know that all these evangelicals, Tony Campolo, all these evangelicals care more about the, the four-letter word that came out of my mouth than they do um, that 20,000 children are starving today, right now, in whatever city or something. Um, and that's true. I mean, the things that we are offended by are things that we choose. We choose uh, what it is that we are offended by. And that's why I say obscenity is in the, the eye of the beholder. Um, and so what one person, a civilian, might think is obscene, uh, a soldier or veteran might find somewhat routine. And by not talking about those things that for one of us is routine and normal, not that it's not tragic, but is normal, um, is present in their life, um, by nature, you know, by nature of numbers, culture, um, we have decided that that the thing that I have experienced, that veterans experience, is obscene. That we don't want to talk about it. Um, it doesn't change the fact that it is a part of our reality. That violence that we've done in the name of American ideals and interests and um, everything else, that we won't talk about it the costs of war and the costs of military service, when society refuses to talk about it, when it is labeled an obscenity, it forces the burden on the shoulders of soldiers and veterans. And that's one of the reasons I think uh, the suicide rate is what it is in the military community, because we are forced to, to process um, and understand things um, disproportionately to our civilian counterparts. Um, I still remember this, uh, we, when toward the end of our deployment in Iraq in 2004, a, a handful of us passed pictures around uh, because oftentimes we'd take pictures of one another and we'd forget and blah, blah, blah. And one of the other Ford observers you know, shared his pictures and many of them were from a battle that uh, his company took part in. And there was a a man's face or the flesh of a man's face resting on top of a Kevlar helmet. And I remember thinking, oh, that, you know, that's odd. Um, I, I was, I wasn't offended by it. It was, it was another take on this horrible thing called war. Um, and these things, you know, this image um, that for one person, for maybe a handful of people, was not just an image um, passed around between friends, but it was an actual lived experience. These experiences are, are forced into the dark corners of our mind because society, which is now overwhelmingly uh, made up of people who've never seen military service, will never see war, um, the majority has decided that these things are obscene. Um, and I think that is, in fact, a mark of immaturity um, to turn our, our face and our eyes away from reality, um, the reality in which we are responsible. We might Not all of us are guilty, but we are all responsible in a representative democracy when we go to war. Um, that it's convenient and easy and immature to refuse to address um, this part of our um, 
our experience, our, our identity as, as Americans and Christian Americans. Um, and I don't know, I, th I think of you know, the long ending of Mark, which is not in some of the oldest manuscripts that we read um, as the third part of this, this morning's readings. Some people want to believe that immaturity is really you know, holding snakes up and hoping that you won't get bitten or drinking poison and hope that you won't uh, feel its effects, that immaturity is something superficial like that. It doesn't have anything to do with us, that it's everybody else's immaturity. It's not our own immaturity of pretending that uh, we've been at war for so long because so few have had to bear its burdens, um, while another few profit from uh, going to war and secure vast sums of money, um, sending some of our children off uh, to battlefields where the vast majority of us will never uh, be asked to, to travel to. Um, and so it's easy, it's convenient to label as immature those, those things that don't concern us. Um, and to call obscene those things that do concern us, but we wish not to acknowledge. I think that's what is truly immature. Um, obscenity, as, as beauty, is in the eye of the beholder. Um, what one person says is beautiful, another says it's not. What one person says is obscene, another says it's inescapable. Um, and so uh, I've, I've thought often about how um, my language and the language that, that um, Pew Pew HQ and uh, even as I write God is a Grunt, the, the, the rhetoric, the lexicon of soldiers and veterans is so vastly different um, that um, the few of us who have experienced firsthand this tragedy uh, this great pain that we call war, um, that we are barred from speaking about it because it is obscene to the, to the many, even as it is routine and normal and um, uh, understandable to those few of us who uh, have had to experience it. Um, and so don't, don't take for granted um, that you and I may be immature, just not in the way that we want to think, um, that wisdom calls out to us because we are simple. We refuse to grasp those things that are right in front of us sometimes. Um, we refuse to see how we're all complicit um, in war, in violence, um, in systems of injustice that um, are so much easier to put on the shoulders of a few um, so that the, the many might feel better um, in believing the lie that they've, they've got uh, everything more or less figured out. The truth is none of us do, and we all are being invited by wisdom to come dine at her table um, and come in from these high places we think that we have set up for ourselves. A prayer for victims of addiction from the Book of Common Prayer. O blessed Lord, you ministered to all who came to you. 
Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevering love. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.